Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. wants to talk to us, and I am so delighted. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to begin reading verse number 7. While you are turning there, I want to give honor to your pastor. I love and appreciate him so much, a man that I have immense respect for, look up to, and admire in many ways. I've told people before, if I can be half the man and preacher, Brother Calhoun is, then I will have done something worthwhile. I want to ask you a question. How many of you love your man of God tonight? Amen. You know, in this time, in this time of uncertainty and fear, it's not easy to be the one everybody's looking to, to make decisions, to make the hard decisions, to answer the tough questions. And we need saints that will be loyal to their pastor. And I thank God for this church. Backing up your shepherd. You need a shepherd. You're not going to make it without a preacher. It's not our idea. It pleased God to save them that believe by the foolishness of preaching. And I give honor to your pastor tonight, Sister Calhoun. Sister Chanel, we love and appreciate them so much. And uh, I'll tell you what, y'all are blessed. You've got the best. And um, thank God for the leadership of this church. I give honor to my beautiful wife tonight. I'm so thankful to have her with me. And I ain't going to forget all you regular customers, all the saints of God. It's hard to have church without saints. I don't want to have church by myself. Thank you so much for... Being faithful to the house of God on the midweek. and How many is looking forward to what the Holy Ghost is going to do? Amen. I'm not going to preach long tonight. Ephesians chapter 3 and 7. Say amen if you're there. This is Paul talking. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. Given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, under the principalities and powers and heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you. Which is, everybody say your glory. I want to turn your attention to verse 10. Let's chew on this. To the intent that now. Unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known, everybody say, by the church. That's us. The manifold wisdom of God. To the intent that now, 
unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. I want to preach tonight for just a little while about a church on display. A church on display. Would you lift up your hands, lift up your voice one more time before you're seated. And let's pray that the Holy Ghost would have its way in this place tonight. I want a saint of God to lift up your voice and ask the Holy Ghost to anoint me tonight. Why don't you stretch your hands this way? I'm going to stretch my hands towards you. God, I pray tonight you join us together in the Holy Ghost. God, move, work, flow in this house, speak in the name of Jesus. God, we're going to give you the glory and the honor and the praise for what's going to take place in this house. Now, all across this building, would you put your hands together for the King of Kings? Come on, that'd be all right if it was for an earthly king, but we're worshiping and praising the King of Kings. Somebody ought to clap your hands like thunder. Now add your voice to that. Let's give him high praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I um, want to begin tonight by telling you that in life, if you live for God or if you just live for any amount of time, you're going to understand that the writer in Ecclesiastes was telling the truth to everything there is a time and a season, a purpose under the heaven. There are seasons that we've got to endure. God is a God of timing. And He's a God that works through seasons. There are seasons of sowing. There are seasons of reaping. Times where we laugh. Times where we cry. Times where there's joy. And times where there's sadness. There's good times. And there's bad times. There's mountains and then there are valleys. And we've got to understand that in walking with God, it is a process. It is a constant process of growth. And a constant process of maturity. A tearing down of flesh and a building up of spirit. We're made in His image. We're made in His likeness. And each day it should be our desire to grow more and more like Him. When God robed Himself in flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary, He came to this earth and He experienced what we experience. He went through what we go through. He endured what we endure. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus knew what it was like to be a child totally dependent upon His Father. Totally dependent upon His mother to provide for Him. He felt the feeling of falling down and scraping His knee on the ground. His Father was a carpenter. Perhaps that jolt and that reeling pain of a hammer striking His finger was something He experienced. There's nothing worse in the world than hitting your fingernail with a hammer. Just sends cold chills down your spine. I can feel it right now. Jesus was subject to the elements of this world. He felt the cold. He felt the heat, the rain, the snow, the sun. He knew what it was like to need a drink of water. 
He knew what it was like to feel that pain of hunger and require something to sustain him. He astonished the Pharisees with his knowledge in the temple as just a young boy. And as the man, Christ Jesus, there were times, I believe, where he became angry. Times where he became sad. He came to earth for a purpose. Word of God tells us that he was the spotless, innocent lamb. Slain before the foundation of the world. And although he was just a child born of the Virgin Mary... Jesus was no ordinary boy. From the time he visited the temple until he grew into the man that he became, destiny and purpose walked with him everywhere that he went. And as he advanced in age and stature, he began to fulfill the role as Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God made flesh. Jesus himself was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist. Shortly after there, he entered into the wilderness of Judea. This boy that was raised amongst the Jews began to perform miracles. He turned the water into wine. This Jesus I'm preaching to you tonight, he revealed to Nicodemus by night that if you want to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. And if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again of the water. And you've got to be born again of the Spirit. If you're here tonight and you've never received the Holy Ghost, been baptized in Jesus' name, and repented of your sins, I want you to know tonight that if you want to make heaven your home, and if you want to be able to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And a hundred times out of a hundred, when you get the Holy Ghost, the initial sign, the evidence, is you're going to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Time goes by, miracles and healings become something that happened everywhere Jesus went. Deliverance was left in his wake. Every time he would speak, revelation would be spoken. He chooses disciples and pours into them his heart, his mission, teaching them his ways. And these apostles, they had firsthand knowledge and experience of Jesus. During his time on earth, he astonished those who received the revelation of who he was, but all the while. There was another crowd, another group of people that despised him. They were mired in the deadness of the law, blinded by tradition. And we read that a plot to murder Jesus begins to unfold. And with only the foresight that he could have, Jesus foretells of his death. And after the Last Supper, the soldiers, they learn where Jesus was at. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, while Jesus was praying, they set out to apprehend him. And just as he had spoken, one of his disciples, a man by the name of Judas Iscariot, betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus is taken away, put on trial in Jerusalem. And though Pilate could find no fault in him, that bloodthirsty crowd, they began to chant, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I want you to imagine with me the anguish and the grief and the feeling of fear that his disciples and his followers must have felt as Jesus was taken away. Imagine the pain that his friends, his family, his mother, they endured as they watched him be tied to a post and beaten with the cat of nine tails. 
And as Jesus endured those stripes on his back, he did it so that we could have healing. And I just want to stop here and make a little disclaimer that the church still believes in the healing power of God. Amen. In the midst of a virus, in the midst of a pandemic, the church still believes in the healing power of God. By His stripes, we're healed. Bible says that when we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is there anybody tonight that still believes in the healing power of God? Amen. On that dreadful day as Jesus made the walk up Golgotha, the place of the skull, beaten, exhausted, bruised, and in pain, forced to carry his own cross that he would be crucified on. It's unfathomable for me to think about that crown of thorns being forced upon his head. I don't know if you've really sat and took time to think about how gruesome it was him being laid on that cross as he struggled, as those soldiers held his hands and his feet and they nailed him to that tree. We really have a hard time understanding just how how severe of the torture that he went through. And as he hung on that cross, they mocked him and they, they laughed at him and they spat upon him. And finally his life slipped from his body. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he uttered the words, it is finished and Jesus died. All of hell was rejoicing. And all of heaven grieved as the sun went down on that first night. No doubt the followers of Christ had a hard time sleeping. Only to awake in the morning to realize this was not a dream. This was not a fable. This was not a fairy tale that Jesus was dead. After seeing him perform miracle after miracle including raise people from the dead. It must have appeared just like so many other times before that death had won again. Just as so many times before death was triumphant over life. Jesus, uh, the Savior of the world, the hope for mankind, lost the battle to death. Hell was having a party and it looked like death had won. But I am proud to tell you tonight that early on that third day, Jesus rose from the grave and He is alive. I said He is alive. I like to imagine all those demons and the devil, they're having themselves a party. When it looked like Jesus was dead, but I don't know when it was, some point during that time, they heard a, they heard a knock on the door. They heard a knock on the door and they began to tremble. Nobody wanted to go get the door. Nobody wanted to open those gates to hell. But when they opened it up, Jesus standing there, he said, I want you to give me the keys, Satan, to death, hell, and the grave. I'm preaching about a God tonight that could not be bound by death, that could not be bound by the adversary, and he is alive. I don't know what dead situation you're looking at. I don't know what lifeless thing you're beholding but let me encourage somebody tonight that we are serving a God that has power over death the time is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of God and they that hear shall live he's about life and life more abundantly Somebody ought to just throw your hands up and worship him tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. We know about the story of his walk to Golgotha. 
we know about his death on the cross, his ascent into the heavenlies, his descent into the hearts of men. But I want to turn your attention to something. In everything that Jesus went through, there's one thing you've got to keep in mind. He knew, everybody say, that his response, his response, somebody say response, his response in life, the cross, in the grave, it was beyond himself. He had a love so great for us, you, I, as children, that in spite of everything that he endured, he remained faithful to his purpose. He came to redeem us from the chains of sin and bondage. He came to pay the debt that we owed sin and presented himself as the spotless sacrifice. No longer would each year roll by and there be a sacrifice of earthly means, but Jesus gave himself to pardon us once and for all. He was in all points tempted like as we are and yet remained without sin. But in the beauty of the cross and in the majesty of his life, I feel like there's one aspect that we've got to, we've got to understand. Jesus Christ himself was on eternity stage. And there was a whole world watching him. Not only the earth, but the supernatural and the spirit world as well. Men and women. The devil and his demons, all the angels. There was a whole lot riding on Jesus going to that cross. There was much at stake when they rolled the stone in front of the tomb. The future of his church was dependent on him sending his spirit to dwell on the inside of us. And I want to tell you this evening that any moment Jesus could have snapped his fingers. And figuratively speaking, the lights just come on. At any time, he could have spoke one word. And all the pain, all the suffering, all the torture, it could have ceased in a moment. He didn't have to resist temptation in the wilderness, but he did it anyway. While he was on the cross, he could have brought down legions of angels to deliver him. But you see, there was more going on than just what met the eye. The future of his people depended on his determination and his resolve to show the world what heaven looked like in the midst of an earth filled with hell and sin. Because when Jesus came to this earth, not only was it to set us free from sin and shame, but it was to give us a glimpse of what perfection look like the embodiment of God revealed in human flesh showing the world love in the midst of rejection Jesus did nothing to deserve the damage that was done him but yet he came anyway he understood that in spite of his flesh there was a greater plan in motion that was taking place and tonight I don't know what place you're at on this stage called life But I do want to tell you that the blood of Jesus is strong enough to keep you through any storm. But at the same time, you can't ever forget that that cross of suffering you you may be on, it's bigger than you. It may be about the plan of God being unfolded in His glory, in His wisdom being made manifest. To the intent that now, under the principalities and powers, in heavenly places might be known by the church... The manifold wisdom of God. One version reads, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. 
Let's look at what this means to the intent that now. Paul's talking about right now, present tense, church age. The current time that we are living in unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. He's referring to those, those principalities and powers, the angelic host, talking about heavenly angels and fallen angels. By heavenly, it's not meaning a physical location in that all these beings live in the kingdom of heaven with God. But it means by heavenly in that they are above. They're outside the earth. They live in a heavenly realm. They don't live in an earthly realm. Paul said, you've got to understand that through the church, the, the principalities and powers, they're being shown something. The intent of God is not to make the angels known under the church, but it's to make His wisdom known to the angels through the church. The principalities and powers that Paul's talking about is those fallen angels, the kingdom of Satan. Book of Ephesians deals with much of what we're talking about tonight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That, that, that term high places there in verse 12 of Ephesians 6 is the same Greek words used for heavenly places that we read about in our text tonight. So scripture tells us that the principalities and powers, they're the ones on the receiving end. In other words, when it says, might be known by the church, it means that the church, is God's using the church to show something under the principalities and powers. The church is the instrument that the teacher who is God is using to teach something to the kingdom of Satan. So what is God trying to teach the kingdom of Satan to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So God's using us. God's using the church to show forth his manifold wisdom to the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Church, we are a people that are on display. I feel like preaching tonight. Thank you for hanging with me. It's the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold means diverse. It means varied. It means multi-layered. When describing a garment, it can literally mean multi-colored. So when Jacob, how many remembers in the book of Genesis, when he wanted to show his love and his favor, come on to Joseph, he gave him a coat of many colors. That coat had a manifold. It had diverse colors. And showed to everybody that looked at that boy who his daddy loved. When those jealous brothers looked at Joseph, you know what they saw? They saw a manifold coat. They saw a bunch of colors. They saw a favored son. They saw somebody that their father loved. That's what Satan sees when he looks at us. He knows that at one time he had that once favored place in God's kingdom. And when he looks at the church, when he looks at you, saint of God, he's reminded of our former estate from whence he's fallen. What does he see when he looks at us? He sees the manifold wisdom of God shining all over 
us. Just like Joseph's coat of many colors. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You want to know why the devil hates you so much? Everywhere you walk, you're on display. You're a billboard of the favor of God, of the love of God, of the blessing of God. That's what the devil sees when he looks at us. And so tonight I want you to think about it. If he just hates the look of you, what do you think he feels when you worship and praise the Lord? Oh yeah, it was Lucifer that was the the angel of music. His very being exuded music and worship uh, until he got exalted uh, and he was cast down. Uh, I wish somebody tonight, uh, you've got to get this revelation. Uh, You've got to understand that there's more taking place uh, than what you realize uh, when you clap your hands. Uh, And there's more that's happening uh, when you throw your head back uh, and shout hallelujah. There's more things taking place uh, than when you just stomp on the devil. Uh, Did you know you're putting your praise You're putting your worship on display for the principalities and powers of darkness to see. And I want to know tonight, is there anybody in this house that out of your own free will would say, Jesus, ain't nobody making me clap my hands. I'm not being pulled like a puppet on a string. But devil, I want you to watch me worship. I want you to watch me praise him. Come on. I've got about 50% of you. Somebody in this house. I wish you'd put your praise on display. Come on. The devil don't like it. But it's a good thing. We don't care what the devil likes. I wish somebody lift up your hands right now. Come on through us. God's reminding Satan of his wisdom, his power, and his love. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what your issue is. I don't know the trial you're walking through. But I want to tell somebody tonight that God is using you. What trial are you in? What hardship are you facing? What devil's breathing down your neck? You may feel like the world is crashing down around you. You may feel like everything. Thing is spinning out of control, but thank God you come to the house of the Lord. Thank God you come to the right place. And if you'll forget about the facade, and you'll understand that Jesus is in this house to touch me. That trial you're walking through, sir. That trial you're walking through, ma'am. It's about to make sense. Let me tell somebody tonight. God knows where you're at. He sends you where you're at. He sees you where you're at. And he's never left the boat one time. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, God's trying to talk to somebody. I know the wind is blowing. I know the waves are crashing. I know you feel that fear. I know you feel that pressure. I know you feel like you're about to buck underneath the weight but the Holy Ghost is sitting me here to tell somebody that you've got to remember you've got to watch your response to the trial because you've got an audience your family's watching you daddy your family's watching you mama your church is watching you saint of God Young man, young lady, there's a little boy that's watching you. Come on, God's watching you. And so is the spirit world. How are we got to make up our mind? How are we going to respond? How 
are we going to respond when the storm comes? I don't know about you. I made up my mind. I'm not going to live in fear. My God. I'm not going to live in doubt. Hallelujah. But I'm going to respond because we are a church on display. The devil and his demons cannot read your mind. They can't hear what God has spoken. But it can watch your actions. Our enemy's not of a supreme intelligence. All he is is a slimy little snake waiting for a moment of weakness to pounce on you. And so many people wonder why, why, why when they're going through things, the devil just cranks up the heat. And more and more and more you face more trouble and more sorrow. Worse the trial gets... The more the devil strikes, it's because he's watching you. I said he's watching you. And when he sees your face start to go, he'll apply more pressure. When you start to sit down, he'll start cranking it up. God help us if we invite more of the attack of the adversary. Yes, we're going to fall. Yes, we're going to struggle. Yes, we're going to go through things. But God help this church to understand tonight that our response when the trial comes determines whether we're going to live in victory or whether we're going to live in defeat. I'm up my mind tonight. The spirit world is paying attention, church. The devil's watching, yay, right now. But when the pressure of the enemy's applied, I've still got a praise on my lips. I've still got a shout in my voice. Ain't no devil gonna stop my worship. Ain't no trial gonna quench my joy. There's no sickness, no pandemic gonna steal my faith. There's no storm that's gonna silence my shout. There is no spirit of doubt that's going to stop me from dancing. I wish somebody tonight that feels like you've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death would make up in your mind. Devil, you thought I was going to leave this house defeated, but I want you to look at this tonight. I'm going to leave in victory. Come on, the devil's watching your response to the word of God tonight. Come on, how are you going to respond to it, saint of God? How are you going to react? Come on, what's your response going to be? Come on, are you going to lock in with faith and say, Preacher, I believe it, I receive it, and I'm going to move? Or are you going to be one of the ones that the devil's just licking his chops, waiting on you to walk out the door? You don't realize it, but when you hang back, you're painting the target on your back. I wish somebody just put your worship on display right now. Come on, without the sound of a music. I wish somebody right. Come on, you ought to just do what you feel. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, ma'am. Come on, that devil, he's kept you quiet. He's kept you silent long enough. It's time to respond to the Holy Ghost tonight. Ikayala bo shatara bahaya. 
Come on, I'll tell you what I feel like tonight. I feel like this church has an opportunity to make a statement. Come on to the principalities and powers that are watching us. Just waiting on us to give up. Just waiting on us to give in. Just waiting on us. Come on to throw in the towel. Hear me tonight in the Holy Ghost. Landmark, there is never, 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 never a time to quit. I said there's never a time to give up. And we, the people of God, a church on display, when the storm comes, you know what we're going to do, Brother Calhoun? We're going to stand. I said we're going to stand. Circumstances don't define your joy. And trials don't dictate whether you have faith or not. But I tell you what joy says. Joy says, even when it doesn't make sense, even when I don't understand. Even when I don't know what my future holds. There's one thing that I'm certain. And there's one thing I'm sure. I know who's got a hold of me. I said I know who's got a hold of me. There might be somebody tonight that feels like you're on the way down. But thank God you come to the church. If you feel like you're on the way down, just get a hold of the church. Because the church is going up. I said the church is going up. We're still going to have victory. We're still going to have dominion and yes you hear me devil we're still going to have apostolic revival Job I know you feel like there's been things taken from you Job I know you feel like you don't deserve to go through what you're going through Job was being surrounded And Job was being watched. It was God that said, Devil, have you considered my servant Job? He was on the stage. He was on display for everybody to see. And you know what Job's response was when tragedy struck? You know what Job's response was when the winds of his trial began to blow? You know what Job's response was when he was going through things that he didn't understand? He fell to his knees. He lifted up his hands. And he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But this needs to be our response right here. Are you ready for it? But blessed be the name of the Lord. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody say that right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on. We think we write the story of a masterpiece when we say if the devil keeps attacking, God, I'll still serve you. But Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. There's a sweet touch of the Holy Ghost fixing to blow in this house. Lift up your hands right now. Musicians, go ahead and come. 
There's people tonight, I feel your spirit. Come on. Somebody get joined up with me in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. I love this church. I believe in this church. But there's some people here tonight. You've been going through a storm. Come on, you've been allowing the attack of the adversary to dictate your response. I come to reveal to you tonight that you're on display. And you got to respond right. Come on. you got to respond right. Paul said, I desire that you faint not in my tribulation because it's your glory. It's your glory. When tribulations come and trouble shows up and the trial is as hard as it gets and the fires heated up seven times seven, That's when we've got the opportunity to show faithfulness on display. When they want to sell a precious stone, a ruby, a pearl, or a diamond, and all of its beauty, have you ever noticed that behind it is a black drop cloth? Because sometimes, if you're really going to see the beauty of something and the majesty of something, it's got to be shown in the backdrop of trouble and a storm and a trial. Come on, there's nothing so sweet like a saint of God that'll just lift up their voice in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the struggle and say, the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, church. I don't have the answers for you. If you're wanting me to give you the answer to the future and what's going to happen, what's going to take place, and what's going to come, and who's going to go, and how everything's going to unfold, I don't have the answer for you. But I do come to tell you tonight that we're on display. And regardless of what happens, I made up my mind. I'm staying with the church. That trial you're going through, you might be the very thing that God is using to show forth His manifold wisdom. I'm through preaching, but I want you to lift up your hands right now and pray. Come on, I know you feel like it doesn't make sense. But I hope, to, I hope tonight that the Holy Ghost has shined light on your suffering. Come on, God's using you. Come on, God's using you. Come on, God's right in the middle of your struggle. God's right in the middle of your pain. God's right in the middle of your storm. It could be that He's showing forth His manifold wisdom by the church to the principalities and powers that are watching come on as they begin to sing I want every every voice lifted every hand raised come on let's join up together and pray right now come on what trial are you going through saint of God come on we're a church on display God come on God help us tonight to 
respond right. God, help us to react the right way. God, we're not going to react in fear, but we're going to react in faith. God, we're not going to walk away, but God, we're going to stand. We're a church on display.